Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. The greatest gift we can give to you in this Christmas season is another episode of the Smith and <laughs> Rowland Podcast. So we welcome you to your Christmas present from our hearts to yours. After you hear us, you will say to yourself, my, my, the intelligence of these two men are such a gift. I don't know how you do it every day. I always think you can't top the last one, but you just did. It's such wisdom. It's the height of wisdom and disgust all in the same sentence. All in the same sentence. <laughs> I don't know. You had, uh, you made the statement there yesterday. Well, that's not true. The last 30 years, yeah. you've always made the statement to know me is to love me. That's exactly only, right. Yes, I agree with that statement, a, Alan, 100%. To know me is to love me. To hear me is to recognize my intelligence. So I am probably what most would call the total package. Yes. The total, the total you are package. definitely, I would so agree that you're the total package. You're the total package of buffoonery. You know, Jeff, we've been talking about, you know, in the mornings, we'll talk about several different topics and trying to mm -hmm. sharpen our pencils, I guess you could say, on mm -hmm. what we feel like that, in all honesty, we don't want to blame our buffoonery on the Lord, but we do strive to maybe represent what the Lord would want us to point out. And I know we probably raise more questions than we do give answers, but to me in this day and time, the right question is probably as important as the right answer because we find so much of our fellow citizens, so many of them not even asking the right question. And can we say that we got a lot of citizens don't even know that there's a question to be asked? To be asked. That's right. And we're, you know, we were discussing the political state of our country and the world, of course, but in mm -hmm. our discussion pre-program this morning, we're always in a constant debate between you and myself of where is the majority, where is the minority. Yeah. Uh, we've had majority-minority conversations for years, you and I. You know, we vacillate between a minority running the country to the majority of our country is already woke, already too far gone. And we're always vacillating between those two ways of figuring out where our country is. But we kind of fell on a conclusion this morning somewhat of we don't even know if it's a debate between majority and minority. It looks like we've moved into some other terminology and he's even matured into it almost demands that we don't use minority or majority, but we use darkness and light. It looks like that the spiritual world is so overtaken into the natural world that just natural conversation, Jeff, almost doesn't bring justice, nor does it bring understanding to all that we're seeing. If you observe what the darkness, first of all, if you just take what darkness is in the Bible and put definition to it, you come up with insanity over and over again. The demoniac that had the demons cast out of him was then clothed sitting in his right mind. Yeah. So if darkness produces a level of insanity, it's going to change the behavior of all of those around that darkness. So if you're dealing with darkness and if you're confronting and engaging a battle of light and darkness, then even your behavior is going to be shifted. You yeah. can't use the same tactics to deal with things today like you could 20 to 30 years ago. And it's a fact you used the term, well, basically, just I guess I'm asking the question, are we barbarians? 
And have we become barbaric in the way we relate to each other with such things as the name calling and all the things that goes on today in any kind of, you know, people say that they call Israel occupiers, the protests. The protesters call them occupiers. Is that a true statement? Well, the answer is no, it's not true. Is it name calling? It is name calling. They're calling Israel a name. Then we refer to those on the other side as perpetrating genocide. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? The answer is yes, it's correct. So in many ways, it is the issues of our day that is filled with such darkness and insanity that's creating almost a barbaric approach that we have to take in order to even get our message out there. And that's from a political standpoint, the secular standpoint. We know that there's rules of engagement in in the realm of the spirit. But this minority-majority thing has become almost irrelevant based on the power system that's in place. Those with the most money, those that are from the elite, have the power. And unfortunately, those are the ones that are enveloped in much of the darkness we see. That's why the Ivy League schools are crumbling to this darkness, and major universities are crumbling to this philosophical darkness that's taking place. So when you have this power system in place, whether it's a minority or not, it's irrelevant. They have the power like they are the majority. So it's, it's almost an irrelevant factor. Does that make sense? Well, it, it does. It almost seems like, Jeff, that if you go in, I'm reminded of a little clip of a movie that I saw here just the other day. It was, I think, in a trailer or something, but it was in a college campus. And the it was, you know how it is, and you got a theater-type seating, and the students are in the theater-type seating, and then you have the professor down front. And there was a new professor came in, a, a young lady, didn't look any older than the students hardly. So she came in and a couple of, some of the guys started making fun of her and all this sort of stuff. And so she goes down behind her desk and she approached the group there and she picked out that one particular young man that was sarcastically calling her names and all of this sort of stuff. And very firmly, she said, it's just so obvious that y'all do not understand the difference in having power and having no power. She said, it's obvious y'all have no power because you're name calling. You're trying to stir up a fight. And she said, but I'm standing here. Yeah, this is my first day in this class. But I, it so happens I'm the person in the place of power. I have the power to fail you of this course. I have the power, young man, to have you leave this class to never enter my class again. Thus, you'll fail it. So yeah. therefore, I have the power. And it's not necessary that I get you know, venture into name calling and all of this because I hold the power of the room. Now, yeah. that was just a little clip, but that clip, you know, says a lot. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying? Oh, when you've yeah. got the power, the next question is, okay, how do you come into power? Well, we know on a large scale, a large, in the large theater of the world, if you will, it's whoever's got the money. Who's got That's the right. money? Got the, in other words, you and I, Jeff, I was raised, I'm 10 years older than you, but I was raised in a world that it was United States. You have a vote and the majority mm-hmm. of the people wishes is, is what produces who's in places of power. But now you and I know that it just so happens that you got to have so much money just to, raise, to run for president now, Jeff. Mm-hmm. If you don't have so much money, you can't even get on the ballot. No, I mean, uh, we, so, had a, yeah, we had a Democratic <laughs> donor gave Nikki Haley 
$250,000 the other day just simply because, now he's a Democrat, says he's going to vote for Joe Biden, but he gave that money to Nikki Haley because he, he wants her to beat Donald Trump in the primaries. So <laughs> yeah. it, it ain't got nothing to do with what you believe or how eloquent you speak no. or how non-eloquent you speak. Money. It's got everything to do with how much money you got. So yeah. money, we can see that teacher in that classroom had power, but we cannot escape the fact, Jeff, that whoever holds the money tends to hold the power. I mean, Bill yeah. Gates, you know, was just a nerd from, from somewhere, ended up being one of the richest men in the world, and he's not that bright. Well, I can say he's not bright, but yeah, maybe he's bright in certain areas, but the thing is, he holds the money. What makes him so influential? It's because yeah. he holds a lot of money, That's and exactly for some right. reason... And Jeff, it used to be Bill Gates gets the respect of the world because of his money. Used to be that you got respect because you were a very good person. Yeah, right. It had, you had, had, you had to do with character. It had character to do with and, what you said. Yeah, that's right. In other words, yeah, your, your word, it, your word was considered gold. And so we are now finding ourselves in a world that who has the money has the most power, and it doesn't have a lot to do with majority or minority anymore. And that's the world that I came that I came out of. But now I'm finding that I'm having to change my language from majority or minority to darkness and total. darkness darkness and light. We are yeah. in a battle for darkness against darkness with the light. And it just so happens the light will end up being the minority. Oh, there's now, no Jeff, doubt about that. There's no doubt at all. Jesus, when he was on the earth, it was the same, it was the same environment then as what it is now time. in terms of what we're talking about. Jesus was the light of the world. And in, in John's gospel, it said, and the darkness comprehended it not. So right. it's not like that you're going to win this battle even at this point, Alan. This is going to be sound awfully pessimistic. And I understand, you know, about being a negative, negative and all that sort of thing. Everybody likes to be positive. I'm positive about heaven. I'm positive about my salvation. I'm positive that the Lord Jesus is coming back soon. I'm positive I'm going home with him. Outside of that, I'm negative about most everything that I see. <laughs> and I embrace that because I think that's basically what the scripture teaches us. Us. But the truth is, is that the darkness that we face, you're not going to defeat that darkness by speaking truth. You're going to defeat darkness by shining light. Uh -huh. Speaking truth will not be comprehended by darkness. Uh -huh. We're seeing uh -huh. that evidenced right in front of our very eyes. You know, if we can't see that, then there's something bad wrong with us. When you've got people occupy or calling Israel occupiers, it's because they're in darkness and they cannot see truth. You can present them with truth and they don't believe truth. There has yeah. been documented video evidence of the atrocities of Hamas and those that protest for the Palestinians are saying it's made up. It's doctored. It's not true. So mm -hmm. they're denying truth right in front of them. Why? Because darkness can't comprehend light. Mm -hmm. It is a spiritual warfare. It has to be fought with spiritual forces and spiritual weapons, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to defeat darkness is to shine light. And we it used to be that in at least in some of the natural arenas that speaking truth worked, but now mm -hmm. speaking truth no longer works. Right. But if you're in that arena of speech, if that's where we're at, if it's all about speech, just getting information out. You know, Al Min, you used to say this all the time. If you get truth to people, normally they make the right decision. Can I tell you, I'm not convinced of that anymore. I'm just not 
totally convinced that that's where we are anymore. There was a time when that's where we were, but we're not there anymore. The darkness is so prevailing that the only thing that's going to work is just shining light. Well, there's a there's um, another element too, Jeff. We have here, and is the less of the influence of the Holy Spirit in a region or in a conversation or whatever. The Holy Spirit is what brings revelation of the truth to an individual. So yeah. I'm not so sure if we shouldn't keep saying the truth, but and I oh, know you you're not right. saying yeah. that we shouldn't. It feels like to me that there is a responsibility here for the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's not doing his job. I'm just saying if the Holy Spirit is the one who brings revelation of truth and then of course is the one that brings conviction of sin as we get closer to the rapture of the church we know that the believers today are the ones who actually are carrying the holy spirit around on the planet and as the rapture of the church takes place you and i the way we're persuaded the scriptures teaches that the holy spirit's going to be removed also one reason truth is going to have a hard time is because it takes revelation of the holy ghost to receive it so we find ourselves getting into a situation of i think it's more i don't know how to say it jeff i think we need to be or i'm asking a question could it be that we need to be more aware of the fact of the, and the need of the Holy Spirit. There's a, Jeff, the reason you and I believe in our salvation is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. We believe that Jesus really and truly died for us, and it was plus nothing, minus yeah. nothing. There's no works or there's no working that we bring to the table to justify our salvation. And here's my point, Jeff. This day that we're living in, Alan Smith needs to live daily in the revelation of the cross that I did not contribute to my salvation. Now, the reason I say that is because of the mindset and the trust of Christ. Our trust in Christ, we're going to have to grab get a hold of a better definition or a more revelatory definition of what the cross of Christ is in our life and that our good works or our bad works do not contribute anything to our position in Christ. And if we believe that, it throws more over into, it creates more trust for us. It's like the thief on the cross. Uh, yeah. He did didn't contribute anything to his salvation, except he believed in Christ. He looked yeah. at him and he showed just a little inkling of faith in Christ and of the truth. And that's mm-hmm. the reason he said, you'll be with me. And so anyway, yeah. there's something about me, Jeff, that as we're talking, how are we going to walk in this light? How are we going to not fall to the darkness? And it's rising up in my spirit. That is because Jesus is the hundred percent, the one that keeps us. And part of the deception, I think, is if we get into a works mentality, salvation in these end times. Now, if you want to fail real good, you start trying to contribute your works to your salvation and see how that works out. Because I think that our faith in the total work of Christ on the cross. Mm. It's going to be the mainstay of the light that's on the earth. Can I just share something? I was sitting here thinking when, when we was talking. And this past Tuesday night, we had just a small group. I attend a small church. It's a, you know, we don't have that many in number. But this past Tuesday night, there was a small group of us from the church got together at a house over here. And we was just, we got to have a meal together and we were sitting there. And here's the question that came out. I I posed this question. What would you like to see at the Grace Place? What would you like to see God do at the Grace Place? Mm -hmm. There was three 
specific things that was mentioned, three specific things. And so when those things were mentioned, we prayed over. We began to pray right then. And we spent, I don't know, an hour and a half in prayer over those three objects. These uh, three prayer objects had to do with a specific person. It had to do with a specific thing, actually two specific things, and it, and it involved one specific person. We began to pray. We prayed about an hour and a half. 24 hours later, all three of those prayers were answered. Wow. Now, here's the thing. The, wow. the things and the people that we were praying for had no knowledge that we were doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, my, here's my point. In a world filled with the kind of darkness that is prevailing now, I think I need to qualify this. I I hesitated in sharing it, but I need to qualify it in this regard. When we're praying inside of the will of the Father and not just out of a natural desire, then we're going to touch the heart of God in a different way. And what happened in that meeting, I felt it in myself. Faith from outside of what I had possessed when I walked in there rose up in me. So the Holy Spirit was adding faith to faith. Mm -hmm. And when our faith was united, we were, and and you could sense it. I knew we were praying in the will of God and God answered those prayers. That Mm -hmm. is what is going to defeat the darkness. And that's Mm -hmm. shining light in an obscure place. And it's not revealing light on individuals. It's revealing light on the Lord Jesus and the cause of the kingdom. That's what is going to have to happen to turn America from a barbaric, an increasingly barbaric and dark society to what this nation at one time used to reflect. When they used to say we're, we were a city on a hill lit up. Yeah, that's right. There was truth to that because we were spreading the gospel around the world. We were shining light. That light is being replaced by natural resources funded by natural means. And the natural replacement is darkness, not light. Right. And it is producing this thought process all around us that, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, mm-hmm. here's the truth of the matter. It is. That's mm-hmm. reality. But there is also the potential for absolute miracles, manna from heaven, water out of a rock. There is potential for those type miracles to take place to those who hold on to the light. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that the weapons of our warfare are changing now. God still chose the foolishness of preaching, and I don't want to minimize that. I'm going to keep preaching. You're going to keep preaching. Preaching is, uh, we got to have it. But it's going to take the anointing of the person of the Holy Spirit to break through this darkness. I mean, you there's abs- absolutely no, no doubt. And I would have to be somewhat suspicious that what God won't give us more direct answer to prayer, more of his presence as we see this approaching darkness, you know, at a level of increase. Yeah, you know, there's I, I a, yeah, and I think there's also a, you know, we have to say we take an overview of what's happening, of what the Bible says is going to happen and is happening. But at the same time, we always have to look at our marching orders, which is to take the gospel that's uh, it. to that's the whole right. world. Yeah. That's it our goal. Our, our the goal. marching orders. Right. No, it doesn't change the marching yeah. orders. And if this thing goes on another thousand years, if we said our marching orders is to take the gospel 
to the world. I met with a group of, of about 25 to 30 somethings this past week, Jeff, and they were asking me questions. They were wanting to do this, wanting to do that and do all kinds of stuff. I said, well, all of those are great ideas, but have you ever thought about serving the ch- just the church and not your particular idea? Have you thought about, I said, listen, go, they, they want to, you know, I want to lead a class and I want to do that. I said, oh, I'm for it. Go out here and, and win. You bring you in five people, bring yeah. you in five people, and we'll let you start a class. Yeah, that's right. Bring I mean, them on in here. That's bring them on in here. To, yeah, you bring them in. You got a class. Yeah. yeah, but to do it, to start a class on those that's already been classed. Yeah, that's, you, right. that's I, right. In other words, I, we're to take the gospel to the world to continually getting the same people resaved and resaved and resaved and to call that growth against darkness with light. Now, think of yeah. our marching orders, our message, as you and I both said, is the same. My concern, Jeff, is that we used to have debate in our Congress. We used to have a level of, of respect for each other, be on mm-hmm. two totally different sides of the table or the aisle, as they say, but yet you held a level of respect for each other, even though you had great debate. Well, yeah. and we're seeing the respect level drop. We're still having debate, and I'm all for debate. I'm for hard debate and heavy debate. And I don't have any problem with saying that somebody's lying. This is You're lying here. This is not the truth. I don't have any problem with that. But at the same time, it seems to me that when you go to war, that means that diplomacy has failed. And so we're seeing our diplomacy in this country totally it keeps dropping, keeps not working. It looks like there's a greater divide now. I know there's always been a divide, but how can I tell the difference in the divide is we've lost respect. There's no respect for anybody now. The far right and the left would both love to cancel each other. Just in terms of what you're saying there, in our lifetime, we've seen this happen in our lifetime. When we were kids growing up, you had Democrats and Republicans, and they disagreed on some philosophical things. But they all had the same goal, which was the betterment of our country. Okay, but now we're living in a time where that's not the case anymore. And people can say, I know they attribute it to the personalities. I get that. But let me just point this out. Donald Trump had a slogan of make America great again. Okay. Now, the Democrats are saying MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. Can we get back to what it stands for? Make America great again. You would think that that statement could be embraced by both Democrat and Republican. Would we not want our country to be great? But it's not. And here's why. The common goals are no longer shared. I do believe that there is a large group of people. We can we don't have to use the word minority majority. There is a large group of people that would love nothing more than to see our country fail because we they see use that as the betterment of the world. Well, see, the reason I'm against lower name calling, the reason I don't think it's our best game is what I'm saying, even though I've done it myself. I don't think name calling is our best game. And let me tell you why. I'm using that as an example, like make America great again. And then to and what was your statement there to say that what are they called? MAGA Republicans. Yeah, MAGA, MAGA Republicans. To we've reduced everything down to a name calling. And so, in other words, uh, so I'm going to call you a name and that defines who you are. And the reason you do that is because you don't have too much of a definition to give. So we're all into names, name calling. Okay, I want to be a woman and so I can play basketball. I want to be a on female instead of a male. Yeah. I want to be a male. So, so everything's wrapped up in a name call. And I think the name call has reduced debate of truth. 
We're just doing a name call. But the truth is, no, you're a man. Look, right. look, go in there, look in the mirror, take your clothes off, take a look. You're a man. Yeah. That's what the truth is. But now we have psychologically shifted everything over into a name call that this defines who you are. And yeah. I'm saying there lies a trap. There lies, yeah. that's not our A game. We are actually taking the bait of the enemy when we get into name call because it's trying to define, instead of having content, we're trying to define through a name. And there again, you look across our country today, Jeff, and I submit, that's one of our biggest problems. It's hidden, but I'm trying to expose that somewhat of what's happening there. And well, I have a concern for that. You know, and, I, and I'm going to say something that adds to that is the fact that we live in this fast food world that now goes through every fabric of our society. In other words, you've got mm -hmm. uh, you've got these one-liners that the reason they're used is because no one has the attention capacity to listen to a full argument. You yeah, cannot yeah. take the issues we face and describe it, define it, and put it into a messaging process that runs 30 seconds. I'm just that's sorry. Right. You can't do, do that. it. But that's the way people want to be fed because we're everything's so busy or whatever the reasons are. People no longer can respond to an argument that lasts longer than 30 seconds. That's right. So, I mean, you know, it used wow. to be, we had presidential debates, Alan, back that used to last five and six hours. I mean, think about that. And now we're down to a headline, you know, that's, so, that's right. Uh, you cannot yeah. forcibly put a, an issue and frame an issue with all of the details around it in 30 seconds. You just can't do and it. And that's, you know, we're in, we're in that world now. It, it seems it just concerns me. One reason you can't take the truth or get the truth out. It takes more than 30 seconds to put it out there, Jeff. Yes, it does. It absolutely uh, does. It takes more than 30 seconds. But thanks, speaking of 30 seconds and 30 minutes, we're out of time, Mr. Roland, <laughs> on this wonderful <laughs> Christmas day. And I so appreciate this Christmas gift that you've given to our listening audience of the Smith and Roland Show. What more I was thinking, could a person you know, look for in their stocking? Right. I was thinking, what would be the perfect gift for our listeners? <laughs> I came to the conclusion it was me. So, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus, help us all. <laughs> Where's Babylon B when you need her? This is a gift of me. <laughs> That's what, yeah. yeah. Hello, world. Okay, yeah. we're going to talk to Haley about that. Be all careful, right. buddy. I'll talk to all you tomorrow. Right, okay. uh, Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowan Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrowanshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.